I've got a serious question for you today, and this is a, a question. Serious that, boy, question. If we if we get emailed one question more than any others, it's it's this one, Brad. And I I, I got to look you in the eyes. I ask you this, Brad. Would you ever consider, for the benefit of a capital A art, would you ever consider being a nude model in an art class in a live drawing one of those live nude drawing classes? Model? A no, nude model I, in a live drawing class. I've got to let the mirrors fog up before I can step into the shower. I, <laughs> I, I have no intention of, of foisting that on anybody, let alone innocent art students. No, I, I don't. Would you? No, God, no. no, no I, I, I can't think people would pay it. to get out of that art class. They'd be like, can I go sketch? Can I go sketch that bowl of fruit again? I'd much rather sketch the bowl of fruit. <laughs> no, I can't. I, I, I was always thankful for people who had the uh, ability to get naked in front of a, a group of people, whether Were it was though? whether Were it was you? in an art class or anything. I was, I was never the, the the live art classes I took. I was never thankful. It's oh. always it's always a fifty two year old. Um, like regional community college professor who <laughs> balding on the top but ponytail at the back. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? I ne- By the way, we had the same guy at Elma <laughs> College. I never understood balding with a ponytail. That is classic compensation. But if you're nude in front of a b- bunch of people, you have no compensation issues, clearly. <laughs> How do you go from compensation up top to no compensation below the neck? I don't understand it. Balding with a ponytail is literally your head doing a live-action version of the Dylan Thomas poem, Rage, Rage Against the Dying of the Light, you know? It's just like, no, I shan't go into the darkness, no! <laughs> I'm going to hold on to whatever hair growth I've got, you know? Yeah. They, I don't, and, and, and they always have that woven poncho you know the you know the poncho that's that's woven. They've got that. They they smell vaguely of patchouli oil. It, it's patchouli. all it's all the same guy. It's all the you same know, guy. You know the guy owns not one but maybe two weed related uh, products. So he might have the vaporizer, but he's also got a, a, a classy selection of bongs, not just oh, yeah. one. But yeah. You know, and 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 <laughs> he's got he's got a very tasteful, lightly worn, uh, but but professionally done tie dye from the grateful. Dead tour in 1985 <laughs> that came through Milwaukee. But now, you know, he still occasionally nude models for art class. Uh, it's always the same guy. Yeah. I mean, it's never, you never see, I don't know, just something different. It's always the same guy yeah, that has it's the all, ponytail it's, and balding. It's the same, and, guy, same guy at the gym that walks around without a towel. It's like, come on, yeah. get a towel, just something. A little a little sense of propriety would be okay, but no, he's the guy that's going to sit, walk around without a towel and then come <laughs> over to the bench, put one foot up on the bench and talk to you about last week's game. <laughs> And I was, even as a young artist in those classes, they would strike yeah. a pose. And honest to God, I wish you could have had a mic into my psyche, my psyche, because they would strike the pose. And in my mind, I'd be like, come on with that pose. Come on. I'm not sketching that for really? 35 that's, minutes. Come that's on. That's the pose? That's yeah, the that's, pose? Why do I get this view? Why am I always on the business end? Couldn't you have sat down? Oh, Look, there's no, there's oh. no invisible apple you have to pick up. There's no need for this. No, I, well, and as, as, as a matter of fact, I went to uh, a, a, a small uh, liberal arts college, so it wasn't an art school. I didn't go to an art school, and so my roommates were business majors and history majors and and uh, you know math majors, stuff like that. The idea of me going to life drawing class once they figured out what life drawing meant, the idea of my going 
going to a life drawing class just amazed them that there was this thing going on on campus. And I used to rub it right in. You know, I'd be I'd get my pad, and my pencil and then I'd be down. OK, I'm off to life drawing class now. And they'd be really you're going to life drawing. And I'd rub it in. I'd say, yeah, today we're going to trace. <laughs> and on that note, I'm going to say hello, everybody, and welcome to Comic Lab, the show about patchouli and making comics. <laughs> and woven ponchos and making a living from comics. I'm Brad Geiger, the editor of the Web Comics Handbook and the creator of Evil Inc. And Brad, they're always named Lloyd with two L's. Lloyd, you got two, and the extra L is for love. <laughs> Lloyd, get it with two L's, L-L-O-Y-D, Lloyd. And I'm his friend Dave Kellen, cartoonist of Drive and Sheldon and co-director of Stripped. And this week's hour of comics advice, Lloyd, is made possible by your support at patreon.com slash comic lab. So Lloyd, Lloyd, let's talk comics. Let's talk comics, my friend. Um, by the way, we both went to college in the Midwest. So did you ever yeah. have one of those life drawing classes where it's snowing outside? It's cold. And this person yeah. has to disrobe. And I'm like, geez, Louise, there's nothing good happening right here for this poor person. I'm so sorry, Lloyd. I am so sorry. Lloyd, we all understand. We all <laughs> Lloyd, understand. we get it. We get it, my friend. <laughs> yeah, you just want, you, you want, you want there, there to be like three space heaters just around Lloyd. Like, I, I don't care about the rest of the room. Let's just get things heated up in the middle there. Just wait to someone casually like right next to Lloyd leaves a, a, the Dr. Seuss book, Yertle the Turtle. And you're like, all right, we get it, Lloyd. All right. So um, I should say that this show is going out live to our comic lab friends. Over Who are Patreon. wondering what they signed up for right now. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash comic lab. The, the, the live gab gra- gang is uh, getting it every week on a live stream because I can't say live gab level. I can never <sighs> do it my god uh, it's the live gap level uh, see you did it too you just oh. made a b I was hoping you wouldn't catch it. Oh, but anyway, uh, you can watch the show live every week uh, over at the uh, $10 level. And we also archive it. So in case you miss it for work or school or life and you can check out the live uh, recording um, and archived every week. And Brad, what do we got for everybody this week, my friend? Well, I've got I've got a question for you. I know for a fact that you're coming upon the 25 year anniversary of your groundbreaking comic, Sheldon. Which is, uh, yes. started out as as a comic about uh, a boy millionaire and his talking duck and his grandfather, but it evolved into basically whatever you want it to be that particular week. Right. right it kind right. of became freeform, uh, but you kept the branding, you kept the name. But I know you're coming upon 25 years. So my question to you to start the day off, Dave, what do you got? What are your, what are your thoughts as you move into the 25 year zone of Sheldon? Well, this is I'm uh, this is an interesting topic because I'm not sure what my next step is career wise. And it a little bit feels like an existential crisis moment in the sense Mm. that so much of my identity for 25 years, not five years, not 10, but 25 years has been I am a cartoonist and the cartoon that I make is Sheldon, you know, and so I'm, but at the same time, after 25 years, given the context that Calvin and Hobbes ended at 10 years, yeah. uh, Bloom County ended in however many years, but it was like 10 or 15 years. Uh, mm-hmm. Far side ended somewhere in the range of 11 to 15 years. I don't remember. Um, yeah. They all sort of uh, gave up the ghost after a good solid decade, decade and a half run, right. you know? Um, 
and uh, I'm I'm sort of feeling the 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 age of the comic now at the 25 year point, kind of like you know Bilbo Baggins feeling like too much margarine spread across too too little bread, you know, or too much bread. Um, boy, did I mess up that quote. But uh, <laughs> there was we, this much we know: there's bread and there's margarine Look, involved. Brad, all you need to know is Bilbo Baggins was involved, and he had some butter. That's all you need. Look, bada bing, bada bang. We're out on that on that reference. All right, great. Um, no, but after 25 years, and so I'm I'm wondering lately yeah. whether I wrap it up at 25 years Ooh. and try something new, like keep drive going. Yeah, but. This, there's a couple of considerations here. One is that Sheldon has an archive of 4,000, maybe 4,500 strips now. Mm -hmm. um, and to walk away from that uh, has an odd weight to it that, again, feels existential. Like, who am I if I am not creating those 4,500, right. 4,000 comics, something like whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and the second is, like you said, I have sort of transmogrified Sheldon to be whatever I want it to be that day. So if I want it to be a joke about the wine industry, I do the wine industry. Yeah. If I want to make fun of Doctor Who the next day, I make fun of Doctor Who. And so it's become more of a cast that can be pushed aside to do a single sort of standalone joke any day I want. Yeah. And so if that's the case, why don't I just keep it going? But at the same time, this again, more than you asked for, the book sales are diminishing and yeah. the crowd, the passion that the crowd had is diminishing as well. Noticeably, it's noticeably diminishing after uh, 25 years. And maybe that's natural. Maybe that's the natural life cycle of any project um, that's not peanuts. So, um, <laughs> uh, so I, I kind of ask you, what would you do in my oh. situation as the outsider looking in? I'm because here's what I could do. I could do like our friend Chris Straub and create a name based domain like DaveKellett.com yep. and start having four or five projects featured on that site. You click on any one of them. You go to that site. I could do what Penny Arcade does and have the overarching tab system at the very top of their website. Here mm -hmm. are the six different projects we work on. I could have a somewhat archived Sheldon, an active drive and an active new th third project. What would you do, Brad? What do you recommend for me? I, I oh. genuinely would love to hear your opinion. Oh, well, listen, I think I think the idea of bringing Sheldon to an end is probably, from everything you're telling me, probably a good one in that you're kind of going out on top. That you you've taken this as far as 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 it's go as you wanted it to go, certainly. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're getting diminishing returns, which is the big uh, tell on it that. It is one. diminishing you're returns. Getting, yeah, yeah. You're 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 now faced with the fact that you may be putting time into something that you're not going to get uh, a whole lot of bang for your buck out of. So right. the idea of doing DaveKellett.com or DaveKellettComics.com is a good one to me. Uh, the question then becomes: Well, what do you want to put up there along with the Sheldon archives and Drive and so on and so forth? To which I've got a question for you. What have you always wanted to do that you now, if you take Sheldon out of the out of the mix, you will ostensibly have time to do? What have you always wanted to do? Oh, that's well, OK. I don't know if you know this, but uh, local uh, both um, local classes, community colleges and at the university level. What they'll do is they'll they'll marshal the um, shared fees and funding from that class and they'll pay an outside artist to come in and disrobe. And I've been thinking more and more, <laughs> maybe this is the route for me. Maybe yeah. I could change my name to Lloyd and and yeah. uh, buy various vaporizers and it's, see it's what not, I could do about. It's not too late for you to develop a habit. <laughs> 
Ah, uh, I increasingly have the body of a male model for a nude yeah. class. <laughs> I remember being 18, 19 and I always think, wow, gravity is a cruel mistress, isn't she? Oh, you know, my when, God. When someone wants yeah. this robe. <laughs> anyway, so what am I thinking of doing? I mean, the, here's the truth of it is that. Yeah. Um, the, the, the inspiration for drive came to me like a bolt of lightning at that signing that I talked about that one time at Meltdown Comics, uh, yeah. in like, uh, I don't remember what year it was when there was five or six artists signing at Meltdown Comics. I haven't yet had a true bolt of lightning. And so part of my fear of like, well, it, it's time to put Sheldon to the side or it's time to start a new project is I haven't yet had the bolt of lightning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But and the what, bolt what of lightning, speaking of cruel mistresses, the bolt, bolt of lightning is cruel. Uh, it it m m might, might be the most cruel thing to happen in our creative lives in general, because we've all had the bolt of lightning and we all know that the bolt of lightning is the exception and not the rule. Yes. More often than not, you don't get inspiration in a bolt of lightning. You've got to like, what, who is uh, the famous uh, writer who said, uh, you've got to go after it with a club right it just doesn't come falling into your lap you got to go out and 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 viciously uh search for it to which brings me back to my original question what type of thing have you always wanted in other words i'm going to throw a couple things that you've mentioned a children's book would you take that time and actually uh go out and say okay the time that i used to put into sheldon Instead, I'm going to take those hours every week and develop a book pitch for a children's book. And, and that's one of the few areas that I think you and I agree that self-publishing is maybe second best to getting a publisher because right. children's book, kids lit, that sort of thing. Still, the you know, publishers still have a real uh, advantage in that type of publishing. So, yeah. it, but it means learning a whole new way of business and a whole new way of getting things done. Would you go the children's book route? Would you do a second uh, long form comic? Would you do a drive spinoff? Would you do something that's long form that has nothing to do with sci-fi, like pirates or mermaids or uh, an office comedy? Or would you, uh, I, well, I mean, the, the, the short form thing you got uh, tied up because Sheldon can be, whatever you want it to be that week. Right, so right. short form is at this point in my mind off the table, because if you're going to do short form, you just keep doing Sheldon and it becomes whatever you want it to be. Uh, so my question to you is what do you have a longing to do that now Sheldon opens the doors for? Yeah, this, this is a great question because uh, I have a few ideas, a few potential paths I could walk down all of which are equally valid and good, but none of which are a fire under my butt yet. You know what I mean? So yeah. children's publishing, sure. I, we've talked about this. I have the yeah. idea. I, in fact, I have the pagination worked out. I have the script worked out. I have the character design worked out. I could go down that path. Mm -hmm. I have um, a second sort of long form storyline in, in the sort of swords and sorcery category that I've been thinking yeah. about that I think would be fun. Um, I have the spinoff more image comic ideas like the one of the the superhero that can talk to herself in the future and so has yep. a sort of yep. split personality and can dodge punches based on the future her telling her I have that one I've got the uh the the cowboys fighting um kaiju uh <laughs> yeah. idea that I could still with a new title I could work on that one um I have drive spin-offs lord knows is there enough of an audience and an, and an uh, appetite for uh drive spin-offs that I could do yeah. something like that 
or just more drive. I could do that as well. But I none of them are the fire in my butt. And so that's kind of why I'm in a stasis mode of like, look, I've been doing it for 25 years. Nothing's broken, quote unquote. Yeah. So just keep doing it, you know, I, and I don't know that that's the smart move. So I want your advice on that. Do them all. Do them, do them all. all. Okay. And, keep, and, keep and going. I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Serious as can be. Do them all. I would, I, I, your next step after, if for in my uh, imagination is you get a, get a website that becomes a hub like Dave Kellett comics.com. And yep. if it, well, this show isn't going out for a week, so you've got lots of time to do it before somebody buys it out from under you. Uh, you, get a, <laughs> you get a, you get a hub site and then you say, Hey everybody, this is my new hub site, you know, and, and you can link to Sheldon. Sheldon can still live in its own place. Uh, uh, although at, at that point, if you're not running ads on the site, it's literally. And if uh, I'm not, if I'm not eventually producing a book, what am I doing it for? Which is kind of yeah. what I'm thinking about also, Sheldon right now. Not for nothing. You could close, you could take Sheldon.com or SheldonComics.com offline and build in some scarcity for that. and then. Uh, uh, re-release those as Patreon exclusives. And now that they've got scarcity, they've become exclusive. That's something Maybe. that I would, I would keep Maybe, in my yeah. back pocket, but okay. Yeah, let's take, let's take what you do with Sheldon uh, off the table. Because again, if, if you're not getting paid for that bandwidth uh, somehow uh, the, the smart money is to shut it down, right. uh, but do everything. Uh, all right. And, and what that means is uh, this is May. So in June on DaveKellett.com, you say, hey, here's the first uh, eight pages to Cowboys versus Kaijus. It's a fun idea I had. Uh, enjoy. And then in July, you go, here's uh, here's my office comedy uh, that I, that I had this idea. And, and in yeah. August you go, here's a few pages of, uh, this sword and sorcery thing that I've got. Now you've got these three kind of threads that have started. And by the, and, 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 and let's say September children's book, here's this children's book idea, blah, blah. And then let's say you wanted to do that in real time in front of an audience. Although that one, maybe it's better you keep it back uh, for a publisher, but I'm spitballing here. Yeah, you sure, do, sure. You do a little bit of everything, not the whole thing, a few pages here, a few pages there. Here's, here's this idea I had. What do you think about it? Uh, I guarantee you that by October, one of those is going to find, is going to light a fire with you. Remember what we said a couple episodes ago? We said uh, people have the idea of motivation uh, completely backwards. They say, Oh, I need to get motivated to get started. Yeah. And I said, we got that backwards. A lot of times, many times I know for myself, I need to start in order to get motivated. So what I'm going to say is do a few pages, few pages of each. Hey, here's this thing with no, uh, strings attached. Here's a little, I'm almost like finding a new relationship. I wouldn't, let's say that you, uh, not you, let's take you out. Let's say I'm talking to somebody who's, uh, for whatever reason, uh, getting back into the dating pool after having a long relationship. I don't tell them to get start and get into another long-term relationship. I say, Hey, you need to go out and date a little bit. You need to find out what's out there. You might, you, you might, you might meet a model. You never know. You might meet somebody who's, uh, uh, doing any number of things and you need to have a bunch of new experiences because this fictional person has a, uh, had been in a long-term relationship. They've got to go out and experiment again and see, because they're a different person than they were back then. Uh, it's the same kind of thing. It's 
it's a new relationship, I'm going to tell you to start dating again. Date that swords and sorcery comic. Date your office comic that you never mentioned, but seems to be stuck in my head. <laughs> date, <laughs> date the sword, the swords and sorcery. I want you, Dave Kellett, to start dating again. Do it on a hub site so that people can see it and and start to also uh, start to reimagine yourself not as the creator of Sheldon, but a creator of things. And if people want to see those things, because that also opens up the door, here's this series of essays that I wrote. Here's yeah. some videos that I did. Uh, uh, I, it's going to open the doors to a whole lot of things. I say, Dave Kellett, you need to start dating again. I listen, that is excellent advice. That is very excellent. Uh, I, and I, I see the wisdom of it. What I would be doing in a situation like that if we're being honest about it, is I would be saying for six months, maybe nine months, no income for Dave for any of these projects, right? I mean, we're saying, because right. I'm, I just to put it out there, it's not yeah. that Sheldon's not bringing in anything. It is bringing in a percentage of my income, but yeah. it's just diminishing returns, right? Yeah. So I would be walking away from something with nothing in return or nothing to take its place for six months, nine months, 10 months, you know, whatever these, however long these smaller projects would take. Yeah. But- for the sense that I need to start doing something new, which I agree with, I do see the wisdom of like, look, just do incremental steps of, of small ones and see how it goes. Here's my here's my question to you. How is Sheldon bringing in money right now? That is a great question. Uh, it, it has a, a very humble Patreon, but but surprisingly uh, uh, supportive. Mm -hmm. And it has original art sales because of the 4,000 strips and the still active site. A couple of originals go every every week. Uh, and um, what else is it doing? That's, a. I mean, to be honest, that's about it because the book sales have largely dwindled because I've allowed them to sell out. Yeah. So there's, it's not like, yeah, okay, keep going, yeah. You could do all of that with the thing that I just talked about. Just put it, put it, put a Patreon up. That's like, now you're supporting Dave Kellett yeah, for these six it, it, new I projects. Would, I would shuffle. I mean, you, what's your Patreon? Is it called Sheldon comics? Yeah, but I could change that around. That's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, either, either, or just keep the Sheldon comics, you know, uh, uh, that, that's a little bit of a sticky point. Cause you don't want, yeah. you don't want people, you don't want, you never want to make, let people make decisions. <laughs> That sounds horrible, <laughs> but you never want to say, okay, quit this so you can start that. That's no. not great. You, you know the, what happens. They only do the half gym of membership. That. You want to use the gym membership technique yeah. where no decision so, making needed. Yeah. But everything that you, you could do everything that you just talked about with yeah. these new projects, you could, yeah. you could still put them out as Patreon exclusives, early access type of things. Right. 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 Uh, you could, you could still do original art if you're doing them original it would be it would be very easy for you if you were con concerned about the money aspect. It would be very easy for you to do a quick little shift in your Patreon uh, uh, campaign for Sheldon and mm -hmm. to include a commissions level or just offer commissions and take a limited number of commissions to uh, uh, replace that original art sales chunk of your right. monthly budget. Uh you could replace all of that and do roughly the same amount of work. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, actually, that's a, that's a really good point. That, okay, okay, well, let's, let's I, with me accepting your thought on that, let's yeah. move to the next idea, which is, is it weird that I feel that there's this uh, existential, almost identity-based <sighs> thing that yeah, I am no. the cartoonist of Sheldon, and if I stop doing that, who do I become? I mean, it, it's helped somewhat by the fact that I've had Drive now for a decade, and I've built that up, and I am the cartoonist of Drive. Yeah. But... So much of, and again, this is a, maybe a little bit ego-based, so much of my childhood me wanted to be a comic strip cartoonist. And yes. if I stop doing Sheldon, am I no longer the person that I set out to be? It's an interesting wrinkle that I've got going on in my brain that maybe doesn't have grounds at all. Let me, I'm going to, I'm going to ask a question you need to answer as quickly as possible. Watch yes. me because I'm going to point to you. All right. Okay. okay. Are you uh, being sincere by the way, or should I answer I, oh, I'm, I'm serious as a heart attack. Okay. It, when it comes to ending Sheldon on the day, put yourself in the mindset. This is the day you post your last Sheldon. You've announced that you're quitting Sheldon. Are you a failure? No. Okay. Then you're good because that's really what it comes down to. That's why people stay with these comics. Uh, and, and in their cases, maybe they're not bringing in the kind of money that Sheldon is right. You, right. you, you have nothing to, to, nothing uh, to prove, apologize prove. for, yeah, right? Exactly, you, yeah. you did Sheldon. Sheldon was a success. 25 but, years. I mean, that's good. I, I did it. My, you know, that was fine. My, my main worry is that there's feelings, uh, even subconscious feelings of failure wrapped up in that, and that you might be tempted to, Stay with this because you don't want to feel a feeling of failure because that system of success that you and I grew up with, Garfield, Peanuts, uh, so right on down the line, yeah. so much of us, our generation, those were pointed to as what a success looks like. Doonesbury right. going on for years and yeah. years and years. Uh, even, even Calvin and Hobbes in Bloom County, our two favorite comics or two of our favorite comics. Mm -hmm. Even though they ended at that 10 year mark, they they lived on in merchandising and books and so on and so forth. Um, they, there's still kids uh, in school right now today carting a Calvin and Hobbes book around. Right. Which is yeah. amazing to get your head around. So my, my my biggest worry is that there were feelings of failure wrapped up in that. If you can look me in the eye and say that that's not the case, then you are home free to make good decisions. Yeah, no, you are 100% right, and it's not a blame game, but yeah. Schultz's existence sort of made me always think that I would be doing Sheldon until my dying day, you know? Mm -hmm. Because I was always like, well, Schultz did it, so I, I guess that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm, doing Schultz, I'm doing Sheldon until I'm dying day. And then the, the flip side of that is, it's, it, maybe you're right in the sense that the sense of failure is this. The day that I stopped doing Sheldon, a big part of my brain is saying, well, that's 25 years of work now in the dustbin because people won't actively seek it out anymore. Mm -hmm. They won't active. I'm no longer putting marketing effort into it. So that has now done everything that it could do and it's done. And so you're right to say the word failure, because even yeah. though it's 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 failure adjacent, the, the feeling there, I was going to say those sound like failure words to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're right that that because. I guess what I'm doing now is sort of propping up a weekend at Bernie's kind of situation mm -hmm. to so that I don't have that. You're right. God damn yeah. it, Brad. Put me on the couch more often. You're right. <laughs> and and listen, I'm going to tell you as a friend uh, from everything that you're telling me, 
yeah. that you need to go through that grieving process. It's going to be a death. It's going to be a grieving process. You're not yeah. going to feel comfortable with it at all. And you're going to second guess yourself and you're going to, you're going to be tempted to go back. And by the way, uh, I'll be there to stop you <laughs> from going back. But at the same time, uh, in, in a year or two, uh, that's uh, the other thing is that you can always go back. If you, let's, let's say we're three years down the road and you're like, Oh my God, I made a big, big mistake. Well, right. then you know what you do. You correct the mistake and you start Sheldon again. It's yeah. always there. It's never actually gone. But, uh, but I, I will be, uh, one of the people trying to help you through that because what's going to happen in that short term, once you make that decision, once you close that door, you, it's going to be a death. You're going to be grieving. You're going to be second guessing. You're going to be searching for, uh, you know, uh, what it was that you once had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think as a creative person, you need to go through that. It's going to suck. You're going to hate it but it's going to get you to the next good thing. Yeah. In a way too, it's also like the gratefulness that Sheldon made me a cartoonist. It mm -hmm. gave me a career for decades before drive yes. existed. Yes. You know what I mean? And so yeah. it a little bit feels like kicking your college or uh, your high school coach <sighs> in the face. Like, thanks coach for all your hard work. <laughs> you know that you can see you later. Yeah. Um, so you're right that it's, that it, there is a grieving process to that, but uh, you know, I didn't mention this, but I, I don't have an idea yet, but I have a format idea, which is I'm curious. You and I grew up again in the newspaper format and we created Greystone in. We created Evil Inc. We created mm -hmm. Sheldon to sort of kind of maybe fit into that newspaper comic strip yes. horizontal yes, four panel world, you know, Bam. and I'm a little bit intrigued about creating a comic strip for the world we live in now, not the one 40 yeah. years ago. You know what yeah. I mean? So. It's going to be it's going to be vertically oriented. It would be cast based, but it would be longer than a four panel. Yeah. Um, what is that as a comic strip? I, I I'm curious to try that new characters, new casts. That would be fun, I think. With no strings attached. Right. With no right. strings attached. No commitment. I'm going to try this for a month. See what happens. Maybe nothing happens. And, and really, uh, your in terms of your Patreon, number one. My guess is uh, 80 to 90% of your Patreon uh, fans are going to love every minute of it. They're going to say, oh, this is great. This is exciting. This is new. You take them along with you on that journey. Uh, you bring them inside. And I think for the most part, not only do they, do they love it, but it gives you a completely different thing to promote on social media. Y you have every chance of growing your Patreon on this because it's, it's all about excitement and Patreon does really well uh, on that kind of excitement. Crowdfunding right. in general lives with excitement. So uh, number one, I, I, I think that's an opportunity. And, and I, I, I think it's, it's something that uh, if, in terms of creativity, having that kind of no strings attached, no commitment uh, type of deal where I'm going to be swords and sorcery one month and uh, uh, cowboys and kaijus the next month. I think that that does would would do amazing thing uh, for a creator who's been boxed into a format for 25 years, right? Yeah. Uh, drive, yeah. notwithstanding, drive obviously broke out of that. But I take your point. Quickly, yeah. But right? I take your point. Yeah. Uh, but uh, having that ability to go out and flirt with new ideas uh, is is going to do nothing but good things for you.
And it's going to, again, you're going to be, it, it comes back to that relationship thing uh, again and again, because you will be grieving what you used to have with Sheldon, but you, you've got to process that through uh, and come out on the other side uh, so that you can grow as, as a creator. I, first of all, I really appreciate your advice today because I, I, there's a really a lot of good thoughts here. Um, and you're right to start small because I'm going to be honest, I haven't been afraid in probably five years. Yeah. And what I mean by afraid is when I started Drive, I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know, but I knew I wanted to do it. Right. And so thankfully the energy and the excitement of it overcame the fear of whatever it was of like, maybe perhaps if you want to bucket it as potentially wasted effort, if I started and then didn't like the project. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But so that's overcoming fear. Stripped was the same thing. Fred and I started making that documentary with one interview, Greg Evans of Luann down in San Marcos, California. And we didn't know what it was yet. But had you told me at that point, it's going to take up the next four years of your life and $200,000 to make this film. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, God, I can't. But because I started you would have run small. the other way. Yeah. But because I started small, I it it sort of it swallowed me by bites. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not in one big thing. Yeah. So maybe you're right. That's by starting small with a couple different projects. I mean, do I do I give myself the rule that I have to go to the next one at two at the two month mark or something or no, no rules? There's no rules. No, no, <laughs> I wouldn't. I would not set up rules on this. I would I would I would completely for the for the first time, perhaps completely follow your uh, creativity, follow your muse, as it were. So if, if you get if you light a fire with cowboys and kaijus and it goes for two or three months, then fine. As long as you also at the same time, give yourself the latitude to say, OK, I'm over this for a little bit. Now I'm going to do something else. Well, I guess part of the reason why I sparked on your idea was I like the idea that I give equal shrift. <laughs> I give equal shrift to like five different ideas. And then at the yeah. end of it, I say, which one really took off for me, first of all, and which one really took off for the audience also, yeah. you know, because then I didn't just do kaijus and cowboys until it petered out, or I didn't just do the new comic strip until it petered out. I really gave five ideas, two months to give, to get some legs underneath them and see which one sparked, you know? And I say, do that thing. Hey, if you're listening while you work, take a minute to stand and stretch. And while you're doing that, we're going to tell you why you should join us on Patreon. When you do, you're going to get hours and hours of podcasts that we've recorded just for backers. And exclusive Patreon posts that go even deeper on Comic Lab topics. And access to our exclusive Discord server, which is a thriving community of professional cartoonists. So you can support the show you love and get tons of actionable resources for your own cartooning. And listen, if you can't swing a pledge this month, we get it. No worries. Yeah, yeah, listen, you can still support the show by rating us wherever you get your podcasts. Just leave a five-star review and a few kind words. That, along with mentions on social media, is incredibly helpful. Now, everybody, let's talk comics.
Let me ask you, did you have this crisis of identity when you stopped Greystone Inn? Like, well, maybe I'm not. I'm no, not who but I... it was a cheat. That was a, it, You can't compare the two because uh, Greystone Inn and, and Evil Inc. flowed one into the other very seamlessly. Greystone Inn was basically a direct spinoff. It took it started out with a character from Greystone Inn uh, jumped over to Evil Inc. and then started a whole new life. Right. And then it unfolded from there. So I never, there was never any of this uh, for me other than that, 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 you know, I did feel a sense of failure that I had to do that. Like, but, but I, at the same time, it was like, it, it came along with the realization that, Hey, Greystone Inn really isn't working. And, and so it was like half of a, Oh, that's too bad that I didn't find a way to make that work. And part of it was like, thank goodness I'm figuring this out now before I waste another four and a half years. So uh, for me, there, it was there, there's no comparison. It was a very different thing. Now, if and when I end Evil Inc., uh, which is at some point is going to happen. Right. Uh, at some point, then I'll be going through the the roles are going to be reversed. You're going to have to talk me off the ledge because I I'll have a lot of uh, uh bittersweet feelings at that point. Uh, but, uh, but no, in, in this case, I, I didn't have that. Well, you know, it's funny you should say that because I've actually thought about how future me, because drive definitely has an ending. There is a final page to drive and I'm both excited to get there, but I am a little bit like you. I'm a little bit fearful of like, yeah. I can't escape it when the final page is coming, it's coming and that's it, yeah. you know? And yes, yeah. I could do the second drive story that I have in my mind, but it's not the same thing. Whereas this one, it's like choosing to put a, if you, uh, this is a bad example for you because you're not a pet person, but for those that have ever had to choose to put a pet down, you yeah. love the pet. It's been a decade of wonderful love yeah. and snuggles and they've bought, they brought you nothing but, but joy in your heart. And now you have to decide yeah. To put that dog down and it's so hard and that's a little bit what this feels like you know and why do you have to put the dog down oh god damn it you're right yes okay yes because it's no, it's because, it, it, because you're making the best decision for this no other that's creature why i'm mad because you're right it is the best yeah you're doing itself. it yeah <sighs> it's like you're doing the right thing it's not a great thing but there's uh, the other option is not great yeah yeah. Okay. Another fear of mine. This is before. Let's wrap this up. But the one yeah. one one last fear of mine is that I re like you with Greystone into Evil Link and like me with Sheldon to Drive. I artfully wove Drive into my Sheldon archives for like three months until mm -hmm. I designed a website and spun it off and said, now that Saturday sci-fi project that I started on Sheldon that I didn't even have a title for, now it's going to be called Drive and it's got its own website and it's a second project for mine. But I built up an audience from Sheldon to Drive. And I'll be honest with you that because no individual idea is sparking as the project yet, I don't know how to skillfully transfer a percentage of my Sheldon audience over to the new project. Can you talk me through that? Like, Wouldn't how do you I do the exact same thing? Wouldn't you do the exact same so thing? So you're saying start the, start the new projects before I end Sheldon is what you're yeah, saying. Or, or, did, or just to post them on Sheldon. I, I, haven't you done that so many times? That's what you're doing with Anatomy of Dinosaurs right now. I, yes. You yeah. post it on Sheldon because Sheldon is whatever you want it to be. You've, yeah, you've done that favor for yourself. So if you start posting this stuff on Sheldon, it becomes Sheldon for that month, right? Yeah, and then yeah. you just I just keep on doing that. And again, I would keep on mirroring whatever you're doing to make the Sheldon uh, Patreon work. 
uh, it just naturally incorporate that into uh, what you're doing. But the beautiful thing is, is that after this much time, your audience understands that uh, Sheldon Comics is whatever you want it to be. And since that's how you launch Drive, why would that not be your first instinct to launch or to experiment with whatever other things that come down the line? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from a webmaster standpoint, I think what I might do is have Sheldon sort of auto direct now to the identical website, but now it's davekellett.com and start doing that. Mm-hmm. So that, or, or sheldon.davekellett.com. You know what I mean? There's subdomains yeah. for each one. Cause I kind of like how Chris Straub did that with Chainsaw Suit and with the other projects that he's got. Um, I think that's smart. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, but so much of this is wrapped up in fear and maybe that's yes. a good thing to have. Oh, well, listen, what, how many times, listen, if uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pitch you a softball here. We've, okay. Let's say we've got a question coming into Comic Lab. Says Dave, I've got this idea. It's a it's an idea that I I I, I believe in. I think it's got good things. It, it, it's the smartest idea uh, I think I I could ever come up with. But I'm scared to do it. What are you going to tell that young cartoonist who says I want to do something but I'm scared to do it? What do you tell that person yeah. every no, time right. and yeah. twice on Sunday? What do you tell them? I tell them, yeah, follow, follow that passion, get over that fear and start, start. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the problem with giving advice is it's so much easier when we're giving other people <laughs> advice. But, <laughs> but, that's, but to be fair, though, it's 25 years of wait. That's not a small amount of time. 25 not. years of identity wrapped up, 25 years of daily work, sickness and in health, people in my family dying, going to weddings, breaking an arm. I'm still cartooning Sheldon. That was yeah. always part of my identity for 25 years. And thank that's God, because it got to where you are today. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. But it's it's akin to a divorce. It's like a big, big life change from yeah. something that has been a steadfast part of your identity for 25 years. It's tricky. It's just tricky. It's, no, it's I the know, honest got true. I know. But, but listen, every time I've ever talked to an artist who was experiencing fear, every time I was ever talking to an artist that was uh, even dealing with uh, thoughts of failure, every time I knew that when this artist put their head down and and did the work and got to the other side, great things were going to be there. Every time, every time I hear somebody talking about fear, I know good things are around the corner because that's when we're the most scaredest, when we're that the most uh, pooping our pants frightened. Yeah. That's when good things are around the corner. Every freaking time. I, I, I do agree with you that I, I feel like it's a it's a breakthrough waiting to happen. And yeah. the, the fear is a part of that. Is yes, that yes. I've, I've got to push through it because on the other side of this is some type of satisfactory new road to walk down or breakthrough to come through. You know what I mean? And not only that, but you see what happens when you avoid the fear, because there's lots of examples it's of stasis. That. It's stasis. And it's Just kind take- of a slow death. See if you can still find one, but uh, uh, check out your newspaper's comic section. And that's going to that's the that's the uh, example of what happens when you avoid fear. Yeah. (laughs) Your newspaper comic section is fear avoidance in your hands. It's it's uh, newspaper editors afraid to launch a new feature or subscribe to a new feature. It's syndicates afraid to say, hey, you know what? Uh, maybe Rex Morgan has had its day. Maybe, <laughs> maybe just maybe we uh, launch a few new features instead of being scared of what happens if yeah. we lose those three Rex Morgan newspapers. Yeah. Uh, it, it, avoiding fear. If you want to see which way that path 
lights up. If you can find a newspaper, pick one up, look in the comics page. That's the future of fear avoidance. Well, and because we're storytellers, I don't know if you do this, but a lot of my bigger decisions in life, I I use this sort of like overly dramatic moment of like, okay, it's my deathbed. I'm 75. I'm 85. It doesn't matter what. It's my deathbed. Would I be sadder if I produced 40 years of Sheldon, the last chunk of which was kind of milk toasty, or would I be happier that I tried and failed other projects? The answer is so clear which one I would have preferred to do. You know what I mean? So uh, that's what end of life decision making kind of helps, I think, (laughs) is what I'm saying. And that brings it back to Schultz, uh, because I was reading his biography to prepare for the uh, 100 year anniversary that we're going to be hopefully going out to in uh in in this november right yeah for the yep. schultz museum and uh and not hopefully i don't want to sound like it's up in the air we, we've got it We're on the going, docket yeah. we've got it on the docket for november but uh i i was reading this biography and he goes in for like a heart condition while he's under the knife they find uh colon cancer and it's it's very bad he comes out and his whole thing is that his life has been taken away from him. Like, like this has been taken away from me, but everything leading up to that point is he doesn't want to travel. He doesn't want to do this. He all he wants to do is sit at his desk and do comics. Right. right. And he gets to the end of his life and all of a sudden it, it's a theft, <laughs> right? They've taken this all away from me. And, and, and again, that's also kind of fear avoidance because to a certain extent, you wonder how much fear kept him at that desk uh, and, and kept him going and how much maybe he would have wanted to make other decisions at that point, but at that point couldn't. Right. So I think I, I, yeah, I I keep coming back to that Schultz thing because I remember that Web Comics Weekly episode when he died as his Sunday comic was hitting uh, people's front steps. He they were announcing his death. He died as those Sunday papers were hitting the steps, and all four of us were like, "Oh, that's the way to go. That is the way to go. Go out." We all wanted to die at our drawing board. I'm 53 years old. I could think of nothing I want to do less than dying at my drawing board. <laughs> there's nothing I want to do less. I want to, there's a whole bunch of things I want to do. Uh, and, 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 and a whole lot of different creative pursuits I want to try. And I think the difference between the old newspaper model and what you and I, and, and a whole generation of artists are doing today on the web means that you don't have to be locked into that thing. The good no. news for you, Dave, is that you have a choice. It, 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 50 years ago, this would not have been a choice. You do Sheldon until uh, you die at your drawing desk. Now you have a choice. You're right. You're right. And because I own and control my own career, yeah. yeah as much as there is fear, absolutely, because yeah. I own and control it, I get to make that choice. Not an editor, yes. not yes. a publisher, not some manager telling me what to do. So yes, it's on my timeline. It it's it is just. Um, you're right too. It's that I I th- I personally feel like, and, and not just me. I think Jeannie Schultz said it to Fred and I when we were up there recording for the documentary. Is that. His identity was so wrapped up with peanuts that I do think that he he finally kicked the bucket because the yeah. strip had run that final run. And, and now it was over. I don't want that to be the case where I'm no. only the one thing. So it's yeah. part of it is recognizing that the stronger move for personal growth is step away and do another do something else. You know, it's kind of Marie Kondo. Thank it for the 25 years that it had. Yeah. And say, now you're going over here and I'm going to start something else. Yeah. And thank goodness for that. Yeah. 
All right, Brad, well, let's turn away from me and turn towards our Patreon pals. And Emily writes in with a question over at patreon.com slash comic lab. And Emily writes, do you have any specific suggestions for writing dialogue? Specifically, dialogue that is impactful and well-paced without being cliche. Mm. I often use dialogue to get across important concepts in a story or to further clarify a plot point instead of narration. But making that dialogue sound natural is always a little difficult. All right, Emily, uh, Brad's got the answer for you. And Brad, here it is. (laughs) Set me up for a home run, my friend. What is the answer with dialogue? This is one of the perennial questions in writing itself. And I don't know that there's, listen, I don't know that there's a good answer to it. I'm going to disappoint you. Here's here. I'm going to give you two thoughts uh, that is going to be my best attempt uh, at, at an answer. And the first one is, is my go-to because I believe in it so strongly. And that is time, write that dialogue the way you think it should be written and then set it down for a week until it completely drains out of your subconscious and then come back and, and give it a second look, uh, and, and see where it needs to be fixed. Uh, that, uh, that's, that's the number one a way that you can improve almost every aspect of your writing. So much of, especially as comics artists, we uh, tend to be very much getting the next page out, getting the next iteration out. And uh, we don't sometimes give ourselves the benefit as time as an editor, but uh, that's the first one I'm going to tell you. And the second one I'm going to tell you is to learn how to be a good eavesdropper. Yeah, I want you yeah. to go Sorry, I into a about that. coffee about shop that. or into a public park. Uh, you know, it, it, do it, do it in the socially acceptable ways. Hanging outside of your neighbor's window is not so much a, a great idea. Don't but- mind me. I'm a cartoonist. <laughs> Just <laughs> <Yeah>. getting ideas. <laughs> and specifically what I want you to do is not only, uh, not only just idly listen, but listen to how they say what they say and, right. and, right. and not, and, and the, the phrases, the words they use, the idiosyncrasies they've got to their language, uh, repeat it back to yourself is a good one. Like learning how to mimic them. I, and, and even to the extent of trying to learn how to do an impression of that person that's sitting at the right. other table, not right. out loud, because that'll get you kicked right out. But <laughs> it, but it try to do or, or later on when you're out of earshot, try to try to recreate that uh, that 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 talk that you just heard in the same voice, in the same cadence in the same timber and tempo, uh, try to recreate it as best you can to the extent that you're actually assimilating that personality into your own for a certain point mm-hmm. in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, and, and, and try to do that with as many different types of people as you can to the extent that then once you've mastered like a bunch of different types, then you can take different sentences or paragraphs and or, or just dialogue that you've written and spit it out in the same tempo as that 20 uh, something person that was talking on their phone at the at the coffee shop right, or that right. person that you were sitting across from at the bus or the person you shared a lift with or you know, a person that was at the park. Uh, I, I would I would really encourage you to be an expert eavesdropper. And, and, and not a passive eavesdropper, an active eavesdropper to the extent that almost to a mocking way, you're, you're, you're trying to reproduce those sounds that yeah. came out uh, of the person's mouth. Uh, uh, it's it, so, so because in doing so, you're going to learn how those sentences get put together 
And uh, you're going to be able to use that in your own writing. Yeah, I think it's akin to a chef in that a chef can't make a dish without ingredients. And the way you as a writer come up with the final dish that is good dialogue is to pull in a lot of ingredients like Brad said about overheard conversations. You're standing in line at the grocery store and and the the man in front of you is very passive aggressive about his coupon use. Or you have to deal with a real estate agent who talks rapid fire and overly confidently and everything is hyperbolic, you know? Uh, And you overhear and you take in those conversations as samples of humanity because what you don't want is all your dialogue to sound like you. It is different people coming at each other and their worldviews are going to be clashing. They're going to be different. That's where the drama is. That's where the interest is. And so by taking in a lot of people that aren't you, you a little bit get better at improving other people. You know, you're, you're basically in your mind doing live improv and, and then writing it down. And, um, uh, other helpful tools that I would highly suggest is we just got done saying that I've been writing Sheldon for 25 years. And now after 25 years, I know the voice of Arthur the Duck, right? Yes. The unnecessary confidence, the sarcasm, <laughs> all of that sort of stuff, right? Um, but as a cheat, um, when you're first writing dialogue for a character that's new for you, for something you're just starting, um, some things that I do are much like screenwriters do when they mentally cast an actor for a part. I will take a person or a character or a thing that I already know exists in either media or literature or as an actor. And I will say, how would Will Ferrell say this line? Right. How would Betty White say this line? You And, and in so doing, it's a cheat towards building a character. What I'm getting at, though, is that it's a... Um, it's a clarity from years of their acting style or years of their characters yeah. that it helps you as a shorthand get to what they are. And then the second sort of tool that I would recommend is, um, and this is a truth universal, written dialogue is not how people speak. In the same way, have you ever listened to a speechwriter and they're clearly reading off of either PowerPoint notes or written speech for themselves, and you know that no one goes, what a nice day we're having. Thank you all uh, yeah. for coming. I'm so happy you're here. No one speaks that way, right? Which is why mm-hmm. it's so much more powerful anytime a public speaker sets aside their notes and yeah. just starts talking. So what I would suggest to you is to avoid that artificiality of written dialogue. Read it out loud. Read it out loud a couple times. Read it out loud in different tones of voice, in different accents. It helps to see, oh, this sounds artificial. This is not how people talk, right? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's my second bit of advice. And then the final one for dialogue is uh, when you're writing other characters that are not you, another trick that I use sometimes is how would a different writer write this? Mm. So not just how would Betty White say it or how would Will Ferrell say this line, but how would Stephen King write this versus how would Sir Arthur Conan Doyle write this versus how would, you know, just pick an author, it doesn't matter. How would they write it uh, versus how I write it? And it's it's a nice exercise in making your diction, making your word choice, making your phraseology different than the way Brad Geiger or yeah. Dave Kellett or you would use on a natural day-to-day basis. yeah. Here's a couple more thoughts that I wanted to share with you as well. And and because something Dave said about uh, writing Arthur really tipped this off. And it's a tip I use for my uh, storytelling students uh, when, I, when I'm teaching that class. And, and by the way, I personally, uh, I hate doing this, but it, it turns out it's really useful. Have you ever, and you can download a hundred of these on the web. They're questionnaires for your character. 
Like it'll ask a hundred questions oh, and you've no, got to answer how your character would answer these questions. What was your favorite summer? What's your favorite ice cream? What's this? What's that? Right. And, and it's all towards the end of figuring out who your character is. And I, I think those as much as they, they can be annoying to do, uh, I think they're useful in that. Uh, once you figure out who your character is, you can write a lot more authentic dialogue. And that is, for example, you've got a character and you know that they're an ex, uh, they're an ex, uh, military person. They're a, they're a soldier, right? Um, they come upon a weapons, uh, that, that is, uh, on a end table in a living room. Do they say, Oh, let me pick up that gun. Or do they say, let me pick up that Glock. Because there's two different types of people. One of them is going to look at that and say, that's a gun. Another one with military training might say, that's a Glock, right? And how they use that language tells you who they are. And you can't know that until you know who they are to begin with. So I would I would spend a lot of time figuring out who your characters are so that you can write that sentence correctly. Uh, and, and, and not that not that if you have this person come up and say, well, let me pick up that gun that everyone's going to recoil in terror and say that you, you did that completely wrong. You know, he would not say that. Of right. course, that's not the case. But as you uh, include that uh, sentence after sentence after sentence, you're making these thoughtful choices that make your character much more genuine. And my last piece of advice, because we've given you all kinds of thoughts, Dave and I have been speaking for a few minutes now, and we told you, do this, do that, do this, do that. And the upshot of all that is probably going to be uh, leading you to write more words right? Because everything that we just said, uh, a lot of that is going to be, well, uh, uh, more writing. I'm going to write more words. I want to take you to the great quote of Alfred Hitchcock, who once said that drama is life with all the boring bits cut out, right? So I'm going (laughs) to, to take Mr. Hitchcock's words into mind, uh, after you've done all these things that Dave and I just got talking about, your goal is not going to end up, it's not going to be to end up with more words. It's going to be to end up hopefully with shorter words that are more impactful, right? A shorter amount of words that do heavier lifting. You're not, you're not out to uh, increase the, the word count on any given page. Your, 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 your goal should be to make those words count in how they say what they say. Uh, I, I just my last thought on this is to uh, guard you against trying to do more words uh, as you're trying to do all these other things that we just got done talking about. Yeah. Uh, one other trick that I would give you that I, I sometimes use when I'm feeling like ah, this dialogue is artificial or it's just not sounding yeah. right is uh, I with dry, for example, I hand script out my dialogue. I still mm-hmm. like pad a paper and a pen for whatever yes. reason. I find that far more effective than email because deleted ideas on a pad of paper are still there. So 10 minutes later, I can revisit whatever I've scratched out versus yes. email where I deleted something. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I still like, and, and also you can just manually move things around a page, but here's what I'm getting at is 
Sometimes if I, I will write out a complete page of dialogue, bam, it's done. I could technically just start inking at that point. But yeah. what I'll do is I'll take a second, I'll go get some coffee, I'll, I'll sit for a minute, and then I'll flip the page over so that I cannot see what I wrote before, and I'll write the same page. But with the intention of like, how would I write it now, yeah. right? I have no springboard from the previous stuff. I have a vague awareness of what I wrote, but you'll find that different words pop up, different phraseology pops up, different ways of starting, different ways of advancing, and different ways of finishing the idea on the page's dialogue come from a completely new flip of the page. So it's just, wow. it's a trick that I use sometimes when I want, and what I do then is I'll rip the two pages out and combine the best parts huh. of both, you know, yeah. uh, because they're both mine. So I'm just going to use whatever I like the best for both of them. So that's one technique. And then I will say, in terms of what Brad said, is that bringing it down to the interesting part is with yeah. a lot of your dialogue, you want to kind of ask yourself, is this dialogue either advancing the plot is it yes. advancing the character's arc or is it advancing mm -hmm. this moment? And they're, if they're not doing any of that, it becomes kind of fillery real quick, yeah. you know? And then you end up with one of those comics that we always make fun of in the Comics Journal, which is like, I'm making toast again. Yes. Oh, yes. another Wednesday oh. in my single apartment. All this will be in the Comics Journal. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, save me from a Gravitas comic. I'm telling <laughs> you. But actually, Dave, I want to back up one because you had a great idea. And that was take something that you've written and go back and look at it again for the first time. Mm -hmm. I've actually got something right here and I wrote it a long time ago. And I'd actually like to, I'm going to read it out loud and see how I feel about it now. You ready for this? Here it is. It says this. <clears throat> You've been listening to Comic Lab, the show about making comics and making a living from comics. Well, if I could propose some totally new dialogue, I would say your hosts have been my pal Brad Geiger, whose advice I'm very much appreciative of today. He is the editor of webcomics.com and the creator of Evil Inc. at evil-comic.com. And my good friend, the wonderful Dave Kellett, the co-director of the comics documentary Stripped and Drive at drivecomic.com and a player to be named later. But until then, but until then, Sheldon, Sheldon, until then, Sheldon Comics at sheldoncomics.com. If you really wanted to get me, you'd be like, and Sheldon, which he's abandoning like an old dog on the side of the road. Oh God, Brad, no, what are you doing? The Comic Lab theme song is used with permission from Andy Craig at theworldrecord.net and this episode was edited by our pal Matt Woodard of Woodsong Productions over at www.woodsong.media If you love Comic Lab you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and you may hear your review featured on a future episode and Comic Lab is made possible by your continued support on patreon.com slash comic lab so we'll go ahead and say that twice patreon.com slash comic lab And you know how midway through the class, Brad, when when you take a break to let the artist stretch because they've been holding a pose oh, for 20 minutes? Oh, yeah. Lloyd always has a very polite salad that he's nibbling on in that little <laughs> weird robe. You know, he's just nibbling on a salad. But there's always a robe and a salad. And you're like, why is it always the same thing? Why is it always a robe and a salad? Ah. <laughs> Why does this make me feel worse about this moment? Because, because I guarantee you, you don't want that bowl to be full of beans. I guarantee you, you gotta be, you gotta be happy that it was a salad. This could end much, much worse. Oh, Thank God. Lloyd for that salad. <laughs>